0: Yeah, we first launched graphene in, in shoes in, 20, in the summer of 2018. Um, we launched it on two shoes called the, the Terra Ultra G260 and the Mudclaw G260. Um, and yeah, it, it's really shifted us through the gears pretty quickly. Um, graphene footwear, which now across, I'd say around 50% of our footwear range, but deal might correct me on that slightly. Um, that's a bit of an estimate. Um, but it's been a huge success for us. And because we are the only brand in the world to use graphene, um, it's given us a real point of difference as well over everybody else. There was other brands looking at using it, um, but with Innovate being quite a an agile uh, brand, able to move quite quickly. we teamed up with the University of Manchester, which is where the National Graphene Institute is and so we were able to work with the world leading scientists in graphene at the university to develop this new rubber and we did it in around from first idea to putting the shoes on sale in 18 months.
1: That my friend was Lee Proctor and this is the Inspiration Runners podcast. Hey everyone, hope you're all well. My name's Robin Marsh and I'm your host so welcome to the podcast. Finally, I've been back in the hills with a new set of tyres, the Innovate Terra Ultra G270s. I was so blown away by them that I thought I had to invite the Innovate team onto the podcast to find out more about the product and the people behind this increasingly competitive brand. Not only is Bodil the design manager at Innovate, but she is also a kick-ass ultra runner having completed the 2019 Dragon's Back. We also had the pleasure of Lee Proctor, Communications and Ambassador Manager, who has been racing in the Lake District for over 20 years, taking on the biggest round in that area, the Bob Graham. Before we start, I'd just like to give a shout out to the More Mountain Adventures. If you're lucky enough to live in Ireland then check out our Facebook page where we offer a wide variety of hikes to suit all abilities. Really looking forward to the wild camping expeditions and two-day guided hikes where we provide top-of-the-range camping equipment such as North Face and North Disc mountain tents. It's going to be an epic year in the hills, so if you're interested, check us out on Facebook at More Mountain Adventures. We are really buzzing about the 2021 season, so make sure you don't miss out. Not to delay you any further, it's with great pleasure I give you the Innovate Team. Your introduction into running, were you always into the mountains or were you doing a bit of road running?
0: Yeah, I've always been. I was born and bred in the Lake District, so I was born in Kendal. Um, my dad um, was a fell runner, so I was just naturally born into fell running. Really, um, I think I did my first I think I run up Hellvelen. My dad tells a story; I can't remember it. I was seven years old, and he I almost ran nearly every little step, in little steps all the way to the top of Um I think he was. I think he was very proud of me. Um, and then he just went from there. He obviously he had a long career as a fell runner. I did a Bob Graham round and stuff like that. So I was just inspired by him. And um, yeah, I live in Keswick now, which is an amazing place to live mm. with all the fells all around me, 360 degrees. Uh, my dad still runs, my mum runs, my brother, my wife, my brother's wife. So it's a family of runners and fell runners. Um, so yeah, we're pretty ingrained in the Proctor, Proctor Blood really how, how
1: have you seen that grow over the last few years then around that sort of area with the Bob Graham and like the Wainwrights coming on into the scene now and all the fell running, obviously the last year is a bit different, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Massively. It's grown huge. I mean, I can remember from 20, 30 years ago compared to what it is now, um, huge, huge difference. I think the numbers of the numbers of members within the fell running association has, has, has grown, has grown at a rapid rate as well. Um, you go to races. You know, you used to be able to just turn up at a race, pay your five pound entry fee on the day. Nowadays, it's almost like a race in itself to be online at a certain time to get your entry logged in and make sure that you've got a place on the start line. Um, such is the popularity of, of fell running and, and trail running, to that matter, and, and ultra running too. Um, you know, more and more people that seem to be wanting to move away from you know your classic road running, marathon running and experience something off-road, get onto the trails, get into the mountains, get into the fells, have that sense of adventure. And I don't I don't blame them. It's, you know, it's the best off-road running, trail running, mountain running, far running, best thing in the world.
1: Yeah, there was, like, there was a huge thing about 10, 15 years ago about a marathon, wasn't there? Like, you know, a marathon was such a big thing. Um And now, like, there's 40,000 people running the marathon now. You know, you get the world majors. <clears throat> and once you've done it, they've done it. And everyone's looking for the next big challenge like and it's everybody's getting inspired by each other as well aren't they like you know people are seeing like the Bob Graham round we have a round over here called the Dennis Rankin round as well people need to start talking about the Dennis Rankin when they're talking about the other three rounds (laughs) Um, but you know there's so much exposure on social media and things like that that it's opening people's awareness to what's really there and there's some great there's a great Bob Graham um, video came on there a couple of weeks ago as well by Christina. Um, she was, we actually had her on the podcast. So it's not just local. You know, it's right across Europe and people want to come. and We had Killian, obviously. It doesn't get any bigger than that, does it?
0: No, yeah. I mean, look, Killian's brought a new dimension to the Bob Graham rounds. realms. You know? I've, my dad knows Billy Bland. Most of the people where I live know Billy Bland. Um, he's an absolute legend here. And, you know, we all thought his time was untouchable and it was for many, many years. Um, but, you know, we did see some runners get close and it just, you know, it took Killian coming over to really, um, yeah, take it to that next level. And, and I, I sit here and I say, I can't see anyone beating Killian's time now, but, you know, there will be another, there will be another Killian. There will be, you know, there's some, there's some super talented boys um, in the Lake Districts, within mean, in Northern England. Who could come? Who could you know possibly run it close on the, in the right conditions with the right support team?
1: So you've done the Bob Graham uh, yourself.
0: I've I've done the Bob Graham round yeah. So my dad did it years and years ago, and I remember watching him doing it and um, just been like, wow, this is amazing. And then I helped lots of friends do theirs over the years. Um, so I've, I've been around all the legs. I've walked and run all the worm rights many, many times. So I was just like, it was a natural progression to try and do the Bob Graham. The problem was that I was brought up on a sort of diet of racing short fell races and medium length ones. Mm. So to progress to... I'd never run a marathon before I did the Bob Graham round. I'd never done anything of a long distance, really. So, um, But I'd spent so much time in the fells and knew so many people who were just saying, come on, Lee, when you're doing it, when you're doing it, that I just felt I had to and yeah as I still say like it's one of the best days of my life definitely did the when you when you do something a challenge like that and you're able to get your friends and family around you to do it I know it seems really strange in these times to be saying this but that sense of camaraderie and that like yeah that dependence on those people to get you around I know some of these top lads can go around and do it solo but I've not got that ability unfortunately and I wouldn't have got around it without those people Mm-hmm. their support to do it and you know I look back on it and you know some of my closest friends were involved and it's yeah best some of my best memories in running
1: it's quite unique though isn't it like that camaraderie that we have in the fells you know and that sense of community um it was Christine Madison I was trying to remember a second name there and um, who released the video the other day and that was one thing you know she was that really touched her and doing the Bob Graham was how much support that she got across the fells and it's unique you know, you don't really get that across anywhere in Europe. Um, and it's something special that we have here, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think you could say that about, you know, all forms of off-road running. The, um, you know, people, you still see it at, at finish lines. Um, I love this, that the majority of people who will do uh, a fell-running race, a mountain-running race, or a trail-running race, they will ask you how your race went before they tell you how their mm. race went. And I love that. I you know, I'm the same. I will go and ask somebody, I'll say, How did how did you get on? How did you do? Rather than go up to someone and go, Did you know that I ran, blah, blah, blah? And I, I love that about the the type of people who, you know, take part in off road running. I think it's brilliant.
1: Um you mentioned Billy Brown. I think it was his birthday yesterday. I'm not sure. Was he eighty five years of age? And then uh, that
0: was that's just Josh, Josh Naylor, I think. Oh, it was. was.
1: I got confused. Sorry, there's an edit. That's <laughs> great. I love <laughs> editing. Um <laughs> But there's something about um like when killian beat billy's time we had george foster come onto the scene at the end of last year yeah. Yeah. like and it it's almost that like breaking that four minute mile sort of thing you know people thought billy's time would never get beaten 36 years is record for, and killing came along and like where the hell did george foster come from then <laughs> it's <was> like boom <laughs> um we are, are Last week's guest actually was Martin Cox, who was George's um, coach. And it's we're, we're almost moving into this new era, aren't we, like of PRs and PBs. Like you've got Damien Hall as well, who's a great ambassador for Innovate. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. <laughs> um, but the likes of John Kelly as well. And these people sort of coming in. And they're just totally rewriting the whole rulebook rule books the records are getting broken left right and center but it's it is inspiring a new generation of people i think
0: yeah i think i think so and it's giving everyone that opportunity to to push their own boundaries you know we had things about fastest known times you know 10 years ago wasn't wasn't even on the scene was it We you, just, you, know, you raced and that was it um i think the advent of fastest known times and Given people an opportunity to go and explore and adventure and seek new things to do. Um, you, you look at someone like, I mean, we talk about Damien Hall a lot of us because he's an Innovate ambassador, but he inspires so many people by what he's doing, um, people of all abilities. And I've helped him on a few of his challenges now, and that the Pennine Ware one in particular was, was incredible. The way that he pushes his body through tiredness. Um, and that ability to keep going when your body's saying to you, "I've had enough here," and the mental strength that that requires is um, is really special. Um, and he's such a humble. You know, he knows that he couldn't have done it again without his support team. Every time you talk to him, it's about the team that supported him, and quite right, rightly right. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, and these people are doing incredible things, and I, you, look, you look forward to this year and you wonder what's next there's you know who's got who's got what planned it's all a bit of a secret at this stage and who's going to be doing what and there's a few whispers out there um but it's going to be i think it's going to be an exciting summer um seeing what people are are challenging themselves with
1: but you also have um nikki spinks and that was a great video that we that we see the way i said that there that we released (laughs) the innovate (laughs) release on um the barclay like such a build-up. Like I was one of those people waiting for that release live on um, Facebook. Was it Face? Oh, sorry, live on YouTube. Uh, is that? Yeah. Um, like it's. I suppose it must be amazing working with all of these people on these adventures, if you like.
0: Yeah, and and we, you know, as a, as a brand, we work with people who, you know, share the same values that we do. Um, and, you know, we build relationships with these. Um, ambassadors and athletes, um, you know, carefully nurture them. It's, you know, we're not a brand who have lots of money, who will go out and splash cash on, on big big name athletes. We've not, we've not got that kind of resource. But what we do have is uh, an inbuilt sort of family community within our, within our ambassadors. You know, if you're an ambassador for Innovate, you will be well looked after. You will feel part of the Innovate family. We bring them into everything from, you know, product development um, into marketing. And, um, you know, the help that they give us all is, is brilliant. And, and they inspire us all as well. Everyone who works for Innovate, we're all inspired by people like Nikki, by Damien, by Jasmine Paris. Um, look at what she did in the spine race in 2019 when she when she won the race out, first woman to win the race outright um, and smashed the record. And, you know I, know, I know Jasmine quite well. I've known her for a lot of years and I'm inspired by Jasmine. She's She's incredible. And I love her attitude to run into life um i you know doesn't take things too seriously and i really like that um mm. yeah great great people they're all, they're yeah, all very humble with
1: they're all very humble mm. people aren't they like they, and, are. they are um it sort of comes with that sort of mountain running scene so is it Bo? is that is that right to pronounce it Bo or Bodie?
2: yeah bow is fine <laughs> um, my full name's bodiel but most people just call me Bo.
1: So we we better talk about. Um, I'm putting. I'm gonna test you now on how <laughs> <laughs> how innovate was created and how it was because it's not that old of a company really, is it? It's Two thousand three, it was sort of established.
2: Seventeen years old, so yeah, not fairly new in terms of uh, the, the running shoe market. Definitely.
1: So talk to me a bit about the founder.
2: <laughs> about Wayne. <laughs> about Wayne.
1: Um, like how did, so, he, how did he start innovate up? How did that happen?
2: Um, Wayne spoke a lot to the grassroots community and he found that there wasn't really a good grippy shoe for running on the Fells with. And he believed in the shoes so, like, so honestly believed in the shoes that he bought a whole container full of the ones that he designed or Graham designed the first time. Um, So Graham is his first employee, the, um, the footwear designer that still works for us. Um, that he bought a, a whole container of shoes out of his own pocket and then started selling them on fell races.
1: That's class, isn't it? It doesn't get any better than that. Um, That's
2: typical Innovate, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's
1: growing exponentially, though, isn't it? Innovate. Um, like, all of my kit is Innovate, and there's a reason for that, because we live in the UK and Ireland. So that's one specific area that Innovate really focus on. And to your point, you know, when we run up and down fells or across trails, it's very difficult. Because um, people ask me, what type of shoe do you wear? That's a very difficult question to answer. You know, what what shoe do you Depends wear? Depends on
2: the weather and on the route and you what know, you feel like. Are you a bit tired are you springy i mean so many different shoes you could be wearing
1: you know you've got wide feet you know flat feet <laughs> high arch feet and it is a very difficult um question to answer so there is no real one shoe <laughs> there, there's a couple of different shoes that you should have in your arsenal really like um but the reason why i've got so much innovate stuff is because it suits our terrain so much and you can tell that's where Innovate really focus on, especially being based in the Lakeland district. So what is your part to play in Innovate? How do you sort of twine in with the fabric?
2: So I've got a background, a PhD in sports engineering, specifically looking at studded footwear. And so my background is really around grip. And that's when I joined the company. I've been working on the outsoles first and foremost, which is making it specific to the terrain and perfect for the runner, like you say. They're in, in the UK in Ireland, but actually across the world, there's so many different terrains you're gonna encounter. And for each terrain, actually, a different shoe would be ideal. Um, and I think the great thing about living in the Lake District and having that as our test ground is that we have a lot of the extremes. So we have the really muddy, boggy, grassy slopes. We have hard, rocky terrain. We have slippery, rocky terrain. We have gravel, we have a road, we've got grass, forest trails. So you got like a really wide range of, um, of testing grounds. And I think that's why, um, you know, Innovate's become so famous for its grip.
1: Yeah, hence get a grip. Lee have you been told actually... to get a grip a few times
0: <laughs> just a few and, and it's fair <laughs> to say I think if, if I had a pound for every time I'd wrote the hashtag get a grip I think I'd be uh, <laughs> I'd be a million I'd be a millionaire I think uh, but Bodil didn't mention there is that we co- we sometimes call a doctor grip
2: <laughs> Damien calls me Doctor yeah. Grip. Damien yeah, just call you Doctor
0: Grip.
1: <laughs> but it's a huge thing, though, isn't it? And We shouldn't underestimate what Grip actually means. You know, because I was um, wearing um, soft trail sho- shoes that we have our Hill and Dale's races here, which go up and down the fells, and I could launch myself up. See coming down, like it was like Bambi coming down. Cause I had no, I did. I I used to think it was well, it is. It was me <laughs> until <laughs> I got a pair of mud claws. Um, the G260s, and it just totally changes your mindset then because the amount of grip and confidence that your shoe gets it allows you then to fl- flow down the fells. And that's the difference in a good shoe based on the terrain. You know, if you have that confidence in your footwear, then it totally changes how you're descending those fells. It makes a huge difference when you're racing.
2: I think you hit the nail on the head there so good grip gives you confidence and that confidence can either translate into performance so you run faster but it can also translate into lesser risk of injury because you're not so tense up when you're going downhill if you've got better grip you're not going to slide and pull that groin muscle or whatever is uh, going on there so i mean it has got like multiple um assets to why that grip is so important to the runner
1: yeah so the mud claws um they're night and day from the other shoes i was wearing so when you're going down a real boggy fell like a 45 degree angle um it amazes me how much (laughs) grip they give you and how much confidence the graphene obviously has paid a big part to that talk to me about the graphene and what that actually was that's unique to innovate isn't it
2: yeah, so it is unique to Innovate. We're the only um, sports rubber brand that uses it in, um, in footwear. Um, and what it does to the shoes, basically, we used to have a dilemma whether or not we're going to put a soft and sticky rubber on and the outsoles wouldn't last very long. Whether we we're going to put a harder rubber on and the outsoles would last long, but that harder rubber was going to be quite slippery, especially on rock. Um, so what the graphene does, it's like it's almost like a bit of a fairy dust. It's all, a very tiny amount because it's a really, really thin one molecule layer of uh, material that you add to the rubber, and it makes it a lot more durable. Which means that you can have more grip and more durability in the same shoe, and you don't have to choose anymore, or as as Lee would say, it's no compromise.
1: <laughs> so Lee, how long's that been involved in? It's like. The last three uh, we, yeah, we,
0: we fir- yeah, we first launched graphene in, in shoes in, 20, in the summer of 2018. Um, we launched it on two shoes called the, the Terra Ultra G260 and the Mudclaw G260. Um, and yeah, it, it's really shifted us through the gears pretty quickly. Um, graphene footwear, which now across, I'd say around 50% of our footwear range, but deal might correct me on that slightly. Um, that's a bit of an estimate. Um, but it's been a huge success for us. And because and we are the only brand in the world to use graphene, um, it's given us a real point of difference as well over everybody else. There was other brands looking at using it. Um, but within a bit being quite a an agile uh, brand, able to move quite quickly, we teamed up with the University of Manchester, which is where the National Graphene Institute is. And so we were able to work with the world-leading scientists in graphene at the university to develop this new rubber. And we did it in around from first idea to putting the shoes on sale in 18 months. Now, usually something like that would take a brand where there's lots of red, you know, there's lots, mm. of, rib, um, lots of ribbon to get through and lot, you know, lots of mm. processes to go through. You know, that would take multiple years. So to do it in 18 months is, you know, a testament to the people at Innovate and at the university, really, in getting that out so quickly. And since then, it's just, yeah, it's exploded for us. Um, we've got it across. Um, shoes that you would class for fell running and for mountain running and shoes that you would class for trail running. And the most popular one is the Terra Ultra G270, which is the evolution of what the original launch shoe, the 260. And we launched that in, I can't remember the month, but it was last year. And sales of that <laughs> have absolutely flown. It's been it's our bestseller. It's um, appealing to people all over the world. Um, we're getting new users to Innovate, reaching new people that never tried Innovate before. Um, and it's taken us beyond that. Um, you know, A lot of people in the UK will see Innovate perhaps as a fell running brand, whereas we're now in 60 countries and we're right across trail running in all those countries and the Terra Ultra G270 is leading the way for us it's just won four trail running, trail running of the Year Trail Running Shoe of the Year Awards um, for 2020 including Runners World and for a brand like Innovate you know, when you're going up against your Adidasis, your Nikes, your Salomons huge, huge brands with huge, huge resources mm. you know, and we're kicking some serious ass <laughs> I,
1: have, I have to say I was going to come on to the Terra Ultras in a while like, um, so I got my pair last week And I've done about 10,000 feet this week in them, (laughs) so I have. Wow, that
0: was quick. Um,
1: (laughs) And, uh, you know, I always struggled, because I am an ultra runner, likes of, you know, 100K sort of races, and I always struggled between finding – I never thought there was that – there's that place in the middle between a sort of a fell run and a softer, plush sort of shoe that you can wear, Mm -hmm. so you've still got the comfort – so the Mud Claws, for example, um I love them on far shorter sort of hill and dales, five or six miles max sort of races like that, aren't going on to too hard of a trail because they're quite a hard them they're, they're designed for the fells and the grip. Um <clears throat> so then you know to get an ultra shoe, I had to go for something different. You have nailed it with the <laughs> the Terra Ultras. There's <laughs> that place in the middle that is really, you know, it's caught that spot. And I've had the shoes a week and already they're my favorite shoe to put on, you know, 10,000 feet. You know, today I've done three and a half thousand feet in four and a half miles. It's quite stiff, technical terrain. Um, And even through the snow and things like that, you know, there's no slippage in them. And the comfort I've actually had. I'm the best person to test them because I had surgery in both my feet over the last three or four months. So I've got very tender feet. And to find something straight off the bat that are so comfortable yet have such a good grip. You know, there was always that place in the middle. I think it's just, it's nailed it. It's been bang on the money, like on... I paused there because I used to be a quality manager in the aerospace industry. It was like the A350 sort of nailed it. It was that spot in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> That's <was> a terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible compa- comparison. I was pausing like, no, don't you, say no, it, you Robbie.
0: Can, you can, no, you can do that. You can link into in. Are can, you... Right? Um,
2: are you meaning you only need one pair of running
1: shoes now Oh, uh, uh, you, you just put yourself out of the market didn't you um <laughs> but the ter- the Terra ultra really has found a sweet spot there you go that's that's the way to describe it i suppose um now i still have to go the long distance on it and planning on doing something around 26 miles this weekend to see how they fare out in that but the the you've got that plush feeling and that grip and the way it sort of fits like I've got such a what i'm such a difficult person to find a shoe to fit like so mm. that's good um well do-
0: that's good that it's wor- working for you then that, that's fantastic <clears throat> I mean, you know we're hearing that and hearing the same from a lot of people and a lot of people like like yourself it sounds like are quite surprised you know the Terra ultra g270 is is a trail running shoe it's not it's not a shoe designed for for muddy fells um you know it's designed for hard packed trails but what you'll find is that the way that the the lugs have been arranged, the length of them, the the rubber that's used, the the whole design of the out. It, it grips on way, it grips on more things than you think. And suddenly you're on a muddy section, or you're on some really wet rocks on a mountain, and you're like, wow, damn, this thing, this thing's amazing. It, it works mm-hmm. here as well. So yeah, it's it's for many people, it's you know, it's it's becoming a bit of an all rounder. Tell you what else, it works well on the road. Um, I ran a 5k PB in them the other week I was like <laughs> it's yes, showing off get in yeah no no true um, I mean, it it's not what deep... you need for
2: an ultra running shoe though because there's many ultras which finish with like a 5 or a 10k section on the road and you're going to be running in the hills you're going to be running across rock trail fell um, all kinds of terrain so if you want a long distance running shoe you kind of have to have that versatile grip mm-hmm.
1: yeah one thing that sort of Surprised me. I'd actually lost the connection between my foot and the ground because I had such sensitive feet I was going for quite thick sole shoes to give me that padding Um, And today When I was coming down this fell, I was thinking to myself like, you know You really can feel the ground under your feet and you still maintain the comfort. I think that's that's unique You know, the shoes very light and it allows you then to move faster over the terrain And I think we talked about confidence earlier on. You get more and more confidence because you can actually feel the ground underneath your feet as well, but you're still maintaining that comfort.
2: Yeah, it's always tricky to find that balance between ground feel, but not uh, pain uh, for people. So uh, we do a lot of testing in our footwear in order to make sure that we have the right midsole compound, have the right thickness, give the right protection, for the intended use of the shoe as well. Uh, to give that you know, sort of flexibility in the foot and, and the ability to feel the ground because you get a lot of confidence from it. You get, actually get better grip from it. You can locally adapt to the terrain. Your foot moves and works with the terrain, which especially on uneven terrain is really important. Um, but then at the same time, we also want to protect the foot. You don't want any like branches or stones stabbing into your foot and it being mm-hmm. painful. So yeah, we always try and find a balance between
0: those two. There are there's a lot of other shoes in the market that you can wear that are a lot lot thicker and you you lose that that nimbleness, that agility underfoot to really work with the terrain when you're running. And like Bodil's exactly right. You want you want to be able to to go with the terrain, but obviously have that protection and comfort underfoot as well. And this this the shoe that we're talking about has, has really nailed that, I think.
1: What was your five k PB, Lee? <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's
0: not particular <laughs> it's not particularly great. Um well everything's relative obviously, isn't it? Yeah. It's um I've got I've, i like to say that I've got old men old man's um fur running legs, so they're a bit bore legged and a bit um
1: Oh, talk about yeah, excuses. I am gonna ask the question. <laughs> uh it, it,
0: uh, uh just 17 seventeenth 17,
1: thirty seven I think it was. Listen, I was really proud of my nineteen oh eight. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me well, The thing, you...
0: thing is though, I live in a I live in a I live in I live in Keswick and there yeah, is it's like enough. it's like a who's who of felon trail running in the UK here. It seems like everybody is now wanting to move and live in Keswick and you'd go for a you go for a group training session and I get beasted. I get I get left for dust so um it's all it's all relative isn't
1: it? So tell me about introducing um, a shoe like the Terra Ultra. It was G2601st. What was that like, you know, to work for a company like Innovate, you know, to come up with this innovative shoe um, and going through that whole design and that 18 months of hard work, I suppose. How did that feel when that first went out to the public? Is it nerves, excitement? everything um do you want me to do this bar yeah out, yeah? yeah
0: um yeah it is it, you, 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 we we do a lot of um testing and obviously a lot of work behind the scenes to make sure that we're not that we're putting out something that we're super proud of because we're, we're hanging our name from it so you know we are confident in what we're putting out and we've had you know people around the world testing the product to make sure it's right but obviously you never know what you know, the end consumers are going to think about it. So there's always an element of, of um, anticipation. which excitement more than anything. You know, it's, you know, as we talked about the first, it's 18 months. I think an 18 months is probably a fair period for a lot of our footwear um, from design to, to end product. It's 18 months of build-up. Um, so to finally see it out is amazing. And then you know what's best is when you see the footprint in the mud or in the trail or in the snow, and you're like, I know exactly what shoe that is, and and it's that shoe that you've been you know working on for eighteen months. There's no better feeling than knowing that people are out there wearing it. And it's the same as when you run past someone who's wearing it; you'll almost like give them a little, yeah, like your shoes, <laughs> yeah, nice one. And it, it's easy; you, you feel you feel proud about it. And Bo will probably say the same, I guess.
1: Yeah. What about Bo? definitely? Yeah, a good question for you then, Bo. Is when you've got a good shoe like the two sixty and because this is always a pain when shoes change from year to year (laughs) you know and like i've had a lot of road running shoes and they they nail it and then next year they come out and they're like what have they done like (laughs) you know you had a great (laughs) shoe (laughs) and then you might buy about six pairs if you're lucky you know you see the last year's shoe pop up um because it must be quite a challenge for a designer to improve on something like the the 280s or whatever the number is going to be, you know, it's yeah, it's a very delicate process, I suppose, that you don't lose what you've got, but yet still keep up with the times and improve slightly.
2: Definitely. I think designing a completely new shoe like the Terra Ultra G260 was totally new. Um, it almost has a lot less pressure, even though it's a lot more work. And then when you go and have a bestseller and you try and improve it, you almost stifle yourself because you're like i don't want to change anything that makes people love the shoe <laughs> so for me launching the terra ultra g270 it came with a lot of apprehension i was like i better they better like this because otherwise <laughs> i'm gonna be in trouble <laughs> <laughs>
1: So how does that feel Um, then, getting that positive feedback, you know, especially like to the Oh, it feels
2: really, really good. It's really weird though, because you've been working on a shoe for that long. By the time that you give it to the factory and to the sales team, you're never going to touch it anymore. Like from that moment on, it's like another nine months or something like that until it's in the stores. So for me, the shoe is already old by the time it gets launched. (laughs) And often I get to wear like an early sample. Uh, I mean, that's the perks of the job. So I've been running in that shoe for like six or <laughs> nine months by that point. <laughs> and, and then it gets launched and then I forget that it's new to everyone else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, cause it's hard because Bordil, Bordil probably works. I, you you will able to explain Bordil, but you know Bordil works many seasons in advance. Um, what, what are you working on? I'm, I'm working
2: you... on uh, late 2022 now and I'm starting to think um, about 2023 at the moment. But anything that's 2021, I know that's just started. For me, that's done and dusted and old news.
0: Um, Which is incredible because yes. obviously I'm still working 2020 into 2021 now. So, yeah. you know, we're, all, we're almost working on different timescales. And it's it's really interesting, that dynamic of being in a business that works like that.
2: How do you get the do I feet- do like our...
0: Sorry,
1: go ahead.
2: I do like our attitude in the business that we, we only want to update if it's a, a technical update, if you get, I mean, mm-hmm. if it's like a physical improvement, a lot of road running shoes, they launch a new version every year just to get the, the sort of newness buzz. It's almost like a little adrenaline hit yeah. uh, that you get from launching a new shoe. <laughs> um, so, you know, like from, from what we've done in innovators, we don't want to, get rid of shoes that people love some shoes will be in for like the last like eight years with barely any changes except for some some minor tweaks but then others you know we do we do update and change for usually reasons of feedback or you know there's better materials available more durable materials available so we continuously innovate in that as well
1: Lee is there anything that the design team do that really annoy you this is your chance. This is what this is all about, by the Ooh. way. He he told me to ask that question. <laughs> is that I because know. I
2: uh, I told you to gossip about Lee at the start? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't no. throw that at you. I won't throw that at you. Lee, what's your favourite piece of Innovate kit? Um,
0: It's probably the... I and mean, we do, we do. I, I do love some of our clothing because it fits me. I, I wear a small in the men's, and it just—I really like. It's—it's it's an athletic fit, but not mm. a skin-tight fit. If you know what I mean, it's that nice cut where it's not flappy and baggy in the wind, but at the same time, it's not making you like a tight. They call it tight top Terry. You know, someone with the pecs sticking out, and you know, it's not like that. So we haven't it, moved, I, we haven't I moved I to love, Lycra yet. No, exactly. So, <laughs> I, I, I mean, my cupboard is full of the the, the best tees teas and the stormshell jackets. I absolutely love both of those. But mm-hmm. I'd probably still say my favourite product is the Cross Talon Two Twelve uh, running shoe, which has been in the range for wow, you know, more easily more than a decade. It's an absolute innovate classic. Um, I've grown up wearing that shoe. I wore it for the for the Bob Graham round, and it just does everything. I love in the fells, it gives me really, you know, it's got really aggressive grip on the bottom for muddy ground. And I find it super comfortable with that nice ground feel in there as well. So yeah, at the moment I'm switching between the two. If I go muddy, if you're going to muddy trails or muddy fells, I'll wear the cross toll 212. But if I'm going to go onto harder ground um, or you know, trails or even the road, then I'll wear the Terra Ultra G270. And I'm only really alternating between those two shoes.
1: It, do, it does seem that you've really exploded on the clothing aspect the last couple of years. Um, you know, I have, <laughs> I, I'm a real innovate tart. So I apologize for that. Like, but I've got the, don't, uh, don't apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the elite leggings. I've got the mid layer. I've actually got two of the mid layers and I've got the thermo top uh, coat. Shell. thermo. Yeah. And I've got the soft, soft shell jacket as well. Um, just all make me look good as well as working well in the mountains as well just to the points you were making there and you know it's you could tell you it's really growing in that direction and especially even with the hiking kits and things like that you know i have i don't know if you can see behind me there i've actually got product placement going on (laughs) i've got i've got 735 liter innovate um rucksacks there um and you wonder why i've got seven i'm a mountain guide by the way <laughs> yeah. so right, okay. i'm a mountain guide <laughs> and i do um wild hiking tours through the morns and um, so i use a lot of the innovate gear for that but um, i get a lot of questions you know what sort of trail shoe you, you know for mountain walkers and things like that and a couple of months ago i got myself my first pair of rock light gtx mm. boots and again bang you know it just blew my mind on how great you can just walk through those bogs and keep sh- keeps your feet dry now they slip in the snow <laughs> but hence i put my that's what gators are for the um you know there's no real good shoes on the snow and the ice especially when it's packed down below but it's one shoe that i recommend to a lot of the people a lot of people that are hiking so Innovate are really branching out into that world as well aren't they
0: yeah, fa- fa- we, we, we call it fast hike um, and it's, uh, I doubt of the exact numbers, but globally it is a sport or pastime that is massively on the increase, this desire of people to go out and, and, and hike, but also that, I, the advent of Strava's brought this on as well, that, I, that idea of hiking fast, you know, you can hike now and log your hikes on Strava and see your segment result, just as runners and cyclists do. And, you know, that, that is growing and people want to, to push themselves. It's been like the ultra running again. People want to go and walk further than they have done before. They want to go and walk up steeper mountains than they have done before. But they want to do it at, with an element of speed as well. Um, and our rock light boots absolutely bang on the money for those. Um, they're, they're, you know, a perfect fast hikes sort of, of product. We had a guy called um, James Forrest, who's an innovative ambassador. So he went and walked or hiked uh, all the Wayne Routes, all 214 Wainwright peaks in the lake district in the summer. He did it solo and unsupported with a with a huge rucksack on his back. And he camped, you know, he slept overnight in his tent or in a cave. I think he slept in a barn one night. Um, you know, and he did it in I think it was about fourteen days, maybe just under James did it in and you know, he wore one pair of rock boots for that whole thing. And that that that's what we're getting to, people who want to you know, really push themselves. It's all relative, of course. Everyone has different, you know, what what's what's fast for one hiker is not for another and they want to go at a different speed. But we're finding that our boots are just ticking so many boxes for people. It's, it, it's really positive market for us at the moment.
1: Yeah, I was laughing when you were saying fast hiking there because that's my ultra running. There's a very fine line between ultra <laughs> running and fast hiking. I've actually been in a race where there was a guy fast hiking in front of me and I, could I catch him? Like, and I'm running, <laughs> but some of those guys, are, some of them guys are flying. Like, they call themselves fast hikers. Like, and um, but it's great to see that range coming out with Innovate. Um, sometimes been criticised, I think, across Europe, you know, for the shoes and the. And we talked about the Innovate gear and how good they've been in specific for the sort of the UK and Ireland. Um, and sometimes during. You know, the European mountain races, they get criticized. But I think that's something that Innovate has, has focused on and taken on um, and sort of moved into that. It's because of the terrain, obviously. It's not because of anything else other than, you know, you've got the likes of the UTMB and you've got a five mile downhill soft trail. It's just totally different than what we're seeing in the Lake District.
0: Yeah, so, but I mean, yeah, I, w- I, w- I, would, I would push back and say that, you know, we, we do have the footwear for. All all types of trails that you would encounter in Europe, we have shoes specifically. We have a shoe called the Trail Rock, which has a rock plate in it. So if somebody's running over really rocky, you know, in the Dolomites or somewhere like that, you know, where the ground's really, you know, the rocks are really quite sharp, we have something there for people who want that extra underfoot protection. But you know, we keep coming back to this shoe. But the Ultra G two seventy does it does the lot. You know, if I was running yeah, a, no, if I was going 100%. to run a, if I was going to run a VK. In Chamonix and Dolomites, wherever I would I would wear that shoe. Equally, I would wear it if I was doing the Dolomite Sky Race, which I've done before. I would now wear the Teroldey G270. It, mm. You know that that shoe ticks a lot of boxes. We just need more more people to learn about it. It's really hard in a market where there's so many brands making so much noise. You know we're 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 growing and we're doing that, but it's going to be a progression, and we're winning we're winning over people week by week um and we'll get there um we just need more people to realize just how good our stuff our shoes are
1: yeah but you are starting to see it more and more at the starting line to your point you know and you're unfortunately you've come through <laughs> we're come we're introducing an amazing shoe at a very difficult time with the covid situation and races cancelled um how have you how have you found that affecting innovate
0: um yeah i mean as a as a as a business it's obviously been tough as as for everyone um we but we've you know we've stood really strong it's been you know resolute to the to the people that work for innovate i think that we've been able to do that you know we've had to adapt and be agile in how we work as a business people have taken on you know extra roles or you know maneuvered their workloads around to, to fit fit things in and you know as a as a as a company we've actually had 2020 was a was a strong year um you know when when covid first came about and we really worried you know a lot of the stores were closing and and have been closed for a, a large amount of time um and you know there was a lot of concern but as a business we've adapted and 2020 was really strong year for us um it people might think that we took a you know brands would have taken a huge hit but it's it's not the case. You've seen brands adapt and, and change to the the way that life is now, and the advent of people wanting to get outside now is more and more. You have seen more and more people wanting to get exercise, walking, hiking, running. You know, popularity in that those areas is is is, is booming. So you know we we're, we're there as a as a provider of the the footwear of the clothing that you need to go and do those things, and people are coming to us to buy their. To buy what they want to, to go outside and exercise. And yeah, it's, it's I, think, re- it's obviously I think it's very actually
1: 2021, um, as soon as this these lockdowns lift, is going to be huge 2021, 22, 23 for Innovate. Um, I would guesstimate there's about 20 times more people in the mountains today than there was 18 months ago because of people not traveling. Um, it's the reason why. I've just left the corporate world (laughs) behind and gone full-time mountain guide because we live here. We've got the beautiful Moor Mountains here. And there is literally about 20 times the amount of people in the mountains now. And I think – I always say luck is preparation meeting opportunity. And innovate is almost that – you know, we've got an, an excellent brand with this huge, you're going to really see it unfold when this lockdown lifts and there's more and more people now understand and appreciate what we've got here. Um, and I am, I think I've sold six pairs of rock lights this week alone. People asking me, <laughs> what, what shoes should I wear? What shoes should I wear? Like, and because it's easy, you know, it's, they're easy recommendations because they are so specific to these type of um trails and mountains which is great um bodil what's your favorite piece of kit apart from Shoes that coat you're clothing. wearing
2: oh <laughs> well, this coat is always keeping me warm i'm working from home definitely <laughs> yes. um in clothing i think it's our base elites base layers that are made from like a recycled uh yarn um uh, so recycled plastic yarn and they're just so thin and so breathable as an ultra runner myself I always want my shoulders covered and uh, not wear a vest top because I'm wearing a backpack and finding a t-shirt that in summer keeps me cool enough and then we also have a long sleeve and I just wear it every single run in winter
1: (laughs) I've got my base layers on the whole time whether I'm running or not it's just such a bloody cold winter like what about shoes then
2: Oh, um, at the moment in winter, I wear the Cross Ultra Two Sixty the most. Um, I've got a fairly wide forefoot, and I just really like the the wiggle space for my toes. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm almost the opposite of Lee. I'm a long distance runner, and I'm I just really want comfort over, you know, performance almost. Yeah. So I don't need a tight fitting shoe. I want something with like, you know, yeah, space for my feet to swell and. Um, something that I can wear over 30 to 50 miles, which is usually my uh, my distance. What, and what then in summer, go
1: ahead, in summer.
2: summer it'd be the Terra Ultra, obviously. Yeah, we're going to call this podcast
1: <laughs> the Terra Ultra. I think we've done a great job. Um, but the shoe is an amazing shoe, though. You know, it's... People will, will... Well, I suppose people just need to go out and buy the shoe, don't they, and try it. Um, when you've talked about Ultras there, what type of races have you done
2: um i did a dragon's back in 2019 wow. and uh, generally i just like going on multi-day travel so i ran across albania macedonia and northern greece on uh, a balkan trans balkan run um last year last christmas I uh, did west highland way last august just as a nice weekend dander, obviously, <laughs> since we can't travel abroad.
1: But the, the Dragon's Back is pretty unique. Like um, they've added an extra day this year, so it's three hundred and eighty kilometres. They have.
2: It just means he got to go back and do it again, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think they've made the right. We so have- I think that's
2: why they've done it.
1: We actually had Steve Birkenshaw on the podcast last week, um, who obviously is a legend on that type of distance. Who won the two thousand and twelve sort of Dragon's Back? Um but it's pure pain. So what is it draws you to ultra running?
2: Um, Well, I'm originally from the Netherlands, which is probably the flattest country uh, in Europe or even the world. And I wasn't really into running at all. But when I moved to the UK, which was seven and a half years ago, I lived in like right next to the Peak District. And I was like, ah, you know, it's really nice walking in all these hills. And then there was this um, there were these crazy people who thought that you could also run up them. I was like, well, that, that sounds fun. I can actually do that by myself when I didn't know that many people yet. And I can um, can get to all of these hilltops a lot quicker. So I started trail running and met just loads of people and lots of made lots of friends. And naturally progressed into uh, ultras because I kept on challenging myself to go a bit further. But I literally started doing like you know one to two miles, and I thought that that was really far.
1: Yeah, lamppost, to lamppost it's called. <laughs> you know, yeah, I it's know. Like, well, I actually made it two different lampposts. So how is it for a designer then when you're out running? Like, does the pieces of kit annoy you? It's like oh, you know. They should be doing oh this definitely or if there's that. own
2: if there's only like a, a single thread going loose i'm like <laughs> messaging our clothing designer straight away so i think it's sometimes tricky because you never really switch off from work mm. um i even when i did dragon's back i had a lot of other runners that you get chatting to and you know it's long days on the in the hills and then they would have heard that I was working for Innovate as the footwear product manager and that they started talking to me about what their ideal footwear was and I sometimes had to say like guys I'm on a week of annual leave yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: can I can I just have some peace and quiet
1: It's a strange. <laughs> but no
2: it is it's great doing what you really love and I'm very passionate about it um but i'm also very critical Mm. and you know like i would i would always want to know and listen to every runner and think about what i could improve in the next version of that product which is the tiring bit when you're also running 70k a day and not sleeping very much at night
1: yeah no i i totally relate to that as well there was so totally moving into sort of more main adventures um there was a f- film on the More Mountains last night. My wife was like, oh, more Mountains are on TV. I'm like, it's the last thing I want to watch on TV right now. Because <laughs> you do, you consume yourself with it, don't you? Because it's your hobby and it's your work. Um, but it must be a real benefit because the whole Innovate team really are, um, they're all runners and mountain runners, so they can really associate with the product that they're trying to design and bring to market.
2: Definitely. And I think it's actually really useful that I went from being that, you know, one one mile runner all the way down to Dragon's Back Ultra, because I really remember what it was like to start out, what I wanted from my footwear and how difficult it was to start choosing my first trail running shoe. How long I stuck with the same shoe, which was totally wrong for my foot in the end. So I think um, it's important to, to draw from your own experience, but also to keep going to events. Like we often go to the UTMB, keep listening to runners, make sure you interact on a personal level. Um, I mean, I come myself to uh, quite a lot of our events. That's not just our marketing teams. We, we all take each other's jobs. I help with customer service inquiries if necessary. You know, like we're all really one team and that means that you're always really close to the end user
1: of our products. It must be a weird experience for you walking around the market stalls in Chamonix, (laughs) taking a look at all of the product on all the different shelves. Um, Like... You must be in a totally different mindset than everybody else. You know, you're looking at the design. Oh, this yes. Soul, I'm like,
2: oh, what are you doing? What's your newest, <laughs> latest colors? And what's your inv- like, last invention? Taking photos and everything. And then they're like, Oh, do you want to buy? It? I'm like, No, I'm fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, for the rest of the year, then, have we anything um, from. Oh, sorry. One thing I, I don't want to go past, I suppose, is the sustainability. Um, I got scorned the other day about putting up my crampons. <laughs> I put up a vid, I'm actually gonna edit that. But I put a video up of me going up and down the fell on a pair of crampons. But one thing, it's not just about your foot and you know the performance of the shoe and how comfortable it is. It's also about the footprint as well, isn't it? And trying to protect the environment. And there's a big part of sustainability um, that innovator are trying to bring along with their product.
2: Definitely. I've been uh, very heavily involved with our sustainability strategy. And one of the things that I can't stress enough is how many different angles there are to this. It's carbon emissions, it's water usage, it's how you ship things, it's how you package things, it's waste, it's durability, it's It's everything, all the materials you put in. And quite often when you're trying to be better in one area, you're inadvertently worse in another. And uh, we've also been working with a sustainability expert um, to help us balance the skills there. And I think that's really important. I mean, I come from a scientific background and I always want to make sure that we got all of the numbers behind all the decisions that we make. And I think this insecurity of not knowing what the knock-on effect is from one to the other is, is quite difficult. But we're, we're, we've got a really clear strategy now where we're focusing on durability first, because in the end, if you make less shoes, then you use less water, you use less carbon, you use less resources on the planet. So we want the shoes to last longer for our hikers, runners, and crossfitters. Uh, and then secondly, look at using materials that have lesser impact on the planet, but only if they do last longer. You know what I mean? Because otherwise I'm trying to do something that in the end, it's just pointless. I can make a sustainable shoe, but that's that shoe still needs to be packaged and shipped and Mm. colored and everything. So, um, you know, durability first, then impact on materials, but also looking at our societal impacts. You know, where do we source? How do we treat the people in our own environment? We're doing things like uh, wasting to well-being where, you know, I, during work time, I'm helping out on a food bank in, in our local area. I've signed up to be a volunteer vaccinator to help us out of this pandemic mess a little bit quicker. And, you know, just trying to do the right thing, however mm. small steps we, we take. Um, I think that's really, really important for Innovate. We might not have a a massive spend and we might not be able to change the way that recycling schemes in countries work. Um, But we can make adjustments to ensure that, you know, we set ourselves up well for the future.
1: I think it's very important, you know, when it comes, you know, you're putting that type of energy into the product. It comes through in the end result as well. Um, and I think that it is, especially with the fell-running community, sp- see the old hands and the mountain runners as well. <laughs> like, they're hard to listen to, some of them. Um, but it's important to protect the environment. Obviously, it's it's, what, it's why we're there, because we love it that much, and the headspace that it gives you, and running across a fell, you know, at the edge of dark, and the sun's just setting. You know, it's very important to protect that environment. Um, I think it's very important what Innovate do, you know, focusing on that and making sure that's part of the vision and the strategy. Um, is it, Have you got any new and exciting products um, in the pipeline? Obviously there is, but what's, if you can tell us about one to look forward to that you're excited about? <laughs>
2: um, I'm most excited about the shoe that we're launching in the next two months um, because it's a really big innovation story. One of the first ones where I've really worked from start to end on the product and gotten a patent application in and everything and you know as a sports engineer this is like Mm. what I live and breathe for um so you know I'm really really excited about that product but I uh I'll hand over to Lee to say what we actually can say about
0: it I'm just sat there thinking Portillo please don't say too much here (laughs) (laughs) No it's 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 hard because yeah we we've yeah, yeah. we've got we've got we've got we've got a new we've got a new shoe we've got a new shoe a trail running shoe set to launch um end of march start of april and okay. um, it's got a brand new innovation in it um, something that no one else is doing or has done um we're taking a different slant on things from a lot of other brands um who are you know, a lot of them are doing the same sort of thing in 2021 we're going to be doing something very different and it's wh- really exciting
1: Is it a wheelie shoe? So you can just sort a of A wheelie shoe. <laughs> the wheelie shoes are the one with the wee wheel in yeah. the back. So when you're yeah, going downhills, you can just go on the back of the shoes and yeah. yeah, and
0: it and it, <laughs> and it lights up. And it lights up when you run and things like that, yeah. Well basically it's a backpack
2: <laughs> with a paraglide in it. Yeah. I've always wanted
1: that.
2: <laughs> I just like running uphill, I don't like running down. So backpack with paraglide would be great.
1: Yeah. So. Um so yeah. that's coming out in March and April anyway. We'll not will not
0: Yeah, yeah, and we're looking forward to to, to showing the world that. Um, we really feel like we, you know, with the Terra Ultra G two seventy, this is, you know, this is the next step as to where we're going, and um, yeah, it, it's really exciting. I wish I could say more, but uh, I'm under strict well, it's not, rules. It's not but don't worry,
2: we'll carry over the Terra Ultra two seventy. We won't get rid of it. Oh, of yet,
0: course, yeah, yeah, that you. that's remaining in the in the <laughs> yeah. range. We we definitely won't be doing away with that. Um, but yeah, the, the the new shoe is, um, yeah, something really different. I think it's gonna it's gonna surprise a lot of people as well, which I'm really looking forward to seeing people's reaction to when they see it.
1: And so, yeah, it's going to be fun times. Excellent. Lee Bodil, it's a pleasure today. I know we've only had you for a short time, for an hour or so, um, but I really appreciate it. The G270s, I think we've talked about those, (laughs) the Terror Ultras. (laughs) Um, I (laughs) I do think that is a shoe, you know, being an ultra runner myself around that 100K sort of distance over mountains and being able to cross over so many different terrains and still maintain that comfort and that feel um it is already my favorite shoe that i've got and i have a number <laughs> of shoes on the rack <laughs> um, it's been a real pleasure um, i think what we'll do is we'll tie up again when this new shoe comes out <laughs> it'd be great to get that out guys thanks very much appreciate it i'm actually going to just you. wrap this up i'm not going to edit it so there's i fumbled through some of that i'm just going to post it up so i'm going to put it up this evening
0: okay
2: all right. Yeah, may,
0: may, great. Yeah, may, maybe not the bit at the start though, where I was asking about if if I fit in the screen or if my, <laughs> if my the volume's okay.
1: <laughs> okay, I I won't leave that oh. in. <laughs> okay.
0: Also, I didn't get a chance to tell you about my trips to the Mourne Mountains. I didn't get a chance to, ex- to tell you. I've been I've been twice to your to your wonderful hills um, for British Championship fell races. Um, over Donard. Yeah, both times I have seen absolutely zero. <laughs> it's been, <laughs> it's it's always been in like Clag, nearly down to Newcastle. Uh, we did one race. I think it was three years ago. We came over and they bust us out to a, a dam. I can't. Remember, it was a Spegler- Spelga Dam. Or Spelga Dam. Yeah. yeah. So they bust us out there to us. So it was a it was a linear point to point race, and we fin- we started there and finished in Newcastle. And basically, we got off this bus at the dam. And you couldn't even see your mate five meters in front of you and we're also on the start line we like maps out and we're like we're off to roll from the lake district or from elsewhere in england and we're like where are we going what are we going to do and so we all set off into the mist and people just started dispersing all over the place and what happened was we we all eventually made it to this summit uh, checkpoint which was on the on the mom wall and literally the plan just said you can get to the wall Just follow the wall back to Newcastle. So that was it. So literally, everyone just ran. We just ran alongside this wall until we got to like the last checkpoint where we had to drop down into Newcastle. We were still in thick clag, and from that last checkpoint, people literally went everywhere. And I went from I think I was running. I was running with Jasmine Paris, and we were in the like I think we were in like the sixties positions, sixty to seventy. Crossed the finish line in Newcastle in about thirtieth place. (laughs) I made up about thirty to forty places in the clag on the last descent. It's brilliant, and the then we all went to O'Hare's, I think it's called yeah, in Newcastle, and got um, incredibly drunk.
1: <laughs> do you, but Dale, do you know about the Mourne Wall? Have you heard about the Mourne Wall before? No. So no, we I we haven't. have we have a oh, twenty-two mile wall that goes over every summit. It goes over fifteen mountain top. Well, fourteen mountain tops. Um, it's about ten thousand feet of climbing, but it was made out of the granite from the mountains, obviously, and it's about six foot high and about four foot wide Um no,
2: big wall then oh it's, yeah, a, it's, it's incredible 20,
1: 22 miles around the morns and it was built actually to keep the sheep out of the reservoir so it was built over 100 years ago um, and we didn't have a filtration system obviously for the water in the dam in the moons, which actually feeds you know even feeds belfast and places like that incredible when you see it um but we are so lucky because when that cloud comes down, you just hit the wall. <laughs> you can't get lost in the moan wall in moans because of the wall. You know, you just grab hold of the wall and just follow it like so.
0: My, my my favorite bit, my favorite bit of advice from the race organizers, or my favorite rule from the race organizers for that race was when you get to the morn wall, you're not allowed to get up and run along it because he, apparently it's quicker to get up onto the top of the wall <laughs> and run along the smooth top of this wall rather than running mm. through all the the heather in the in the bog
1: but your your head starts playing tricks with you if you do that like because you're <laughs> you know it's so narrow you know the, yeah the ground starts shifting <laughs> if you start going <laughs> yeah along, yeah and you start going along the wall um that's i actually i'm a race director as well so i'm i've set up a lot of virtual races obviously with the covid situation mm. um that's a great idea though for 2022 is the Innovate Spelger um, Skyline Race. Heard it here, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, guys, thanks very much for coming All on. I really appreciate it. Um, if you didn't get it, no, Tara, Ultra G270s. <laughs> get it in the shop now. Alright, guys, appreciate that. Thank you. Cheers, Robbie. Thank you very much. Thanks,
2: Robbie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cheers.
1: Bye-bye. Podcast with a little difference this week, Innovate are growing from strength to strength and designing some real kick-ass gear. The new Terra Ultra G270s are fast becoming my favorite shoe, but there's no hiding the fact that Innovate have been my favorite brand for quite some time. It's worth checking out their website. They've got some amazing gear coming out in 2021. Really looking forward to what that new mysterious bit of kit is in March, April of this year. Sounds like an excellent shoe coming out to market, so keep an eye out for that. We have Martin Cox on the podcast next. So until then, stay safe and keep on moving.